Yeah, I was grooving a little bit to the music, but I got to focus here. It is Tuesday, January 31st here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to episode three of our Dynasty Trade Desk series. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, are my pod partner, Jared Smola, and famed British author, C.H. Herms. Guys, welcome to the third show of this Trade Desk. It's wide out time. This should be a... I think an interesting show for people because this is, you know, the broadest position and probably the one that people are going to, I don't know, find either the most value or the most sell opportunities. What do you think, Jared? Yeah, I feel like I'm not supposed to have favorites as a, you know, quote unquote fantasy analyst, but wide receiver is my favorite position, my favorite position to watch, uh, my favorite position to evaluate. I think it's tricky because it depends on so many things, you know, quarterback namely. And I also like the metrics we have as a fantasy community to evaluate wide receiver so it's it's the show i'm most excited for yeah and we're into prospect season so we're going to be using a lot of those metrics from the college level as well herms it's a it's probably the primary position in dynasty at this point right i mean we know the short shelf life on running backs the nfl has told us with their contracts that aren't running backs don't matter as much as they used to you know quarterback and tight end are just a little bit more boring from a fantasy standpoint this one's loaded though Absolutely. And I think the most interesting thing that I think people are really starting to catch on to is the fact that once you get past a certain point in any sort of dynasty list, whether it's rankings or just looking at ADP or whatever, they're all about the same, quote unquote. You could make an argument for a guy that's at wide receiver 22 or wide receiver 42. It's like, oh, he could be a wide receiver too for your team, of course. You know, So you're really getting into the weeds with a lot of these guys and you really have to build your case. And I think that's probably the most fun part for me. And some of the things that have trouble drawing my interest when we're talking dynasty trades is one I saw yesterday was, you know, picture of Devonte Smith, picture of Jalen Waddle, who you got. It's like both of them. I mean, I'm not out on either of those guys. It's going to depend a lot on context. So we're going to keep that in mind. We are going to pick out one by one cell per person on this show. And we'll talk about whether it's a waste of time or whether it's somebody that could actually, you know, help out your dynasty team. Obviously the goal here is to help out your dynasty team. So we'll see how we do with that. Herms, why don't you kick us off with your first cell of the day? So, I mean, he's still really good at playing football, but Devontae Adams of the Las Vegas Raiders is 30. His birthday was on Christmas Eve. So you, you take a look at, you know, age at any position. You know, there's, a, there's some sort of cliff for running backs that comes up a little bit sooner. But for wide receivers, like once you get around the age of 30, you have to start panicking a little bit. And there's already a bit of a difference between his value on DLF in ADP and where keep trade cut has him. So DLF has him at wide receiver 12 in their January ADP and keep trade cut has him at wide receiver 16. So like he's already like falling outside of that wide receiver one range. You only have like a little bit of time left until, you know, things start to crumble apart because if you wait till he's like 31 or 32, people are going to be like, Oh, but he's old now. You know, and you you don't want to, you don't want to put yourself in that position. So unless you feel like you're definitely going to win within the next couple seasons here, try and move your way out of it. And I was looking at the keep trade cut calculator and I was just looking for some things that people could potentially move Adams for if they were interested in approximate value. You could get a 24 mid-first round pick, Javante Williams, the 2023-107 pick, or if you're looking to get younger at quarterback, I saw a Mac Jones and a 2024 mid-second round pick. So there you go. Throwing some things out there for you. If you're interested or if any of these things sound good to you, you know, that's the type of thing that you could do if you wanted to pivot off of Devontae Adams. That's got to be a super flex league for Mac Jones to come into yes. play, right? 
Very, very true. Yes. Single QB, you don't need to be doing that. <laughs> We're Devontae Adams sitting wide receiver 15 in our PPR dynasty rankings on DraftSharks.com. Same spot in half PPR. What do you think about him? Yeah, Adams is a guy, and I think I could say this about most of these wide receivers when they get to this age range. I think you either want to trade them now or plan on hanging on to them for the rest of their careers. Because Herms is right. Once Adams hits – 32 33 even if he's still dominant and as Herm said Adams was still dominant last year you look at PFF receiving grade he was second among 80 qualifiers he was still sixth in yards per route run so he was still one of the best handful of wide receivers in the NFL last year but even if that remains the case for the next couple seasons people are just going to see that age and you're you're just not going to get good value for him in return on the trade market so I do think if you do want to trade him now is the time Um, I'm definitely fine with him as a hold especially if you're a team that isn't in complete rebuilding mode. To me, the, the best argument though, in favor of selling Devonte Adams is he's wide receiver 13 in that DLF startup ADP. Cooper cup is wide receiver 26. <laughs> Cooper cup cups a half year younger than Devonte Adams. Cooper cup was almost as good. If you look at PFF receiving grade yards per outrun, he was just as good from a fantasy points per game perspective last season. I, I don't see why those guys should be that far apart. So, you know, if you could sell Devonta Adams for Cooper Cup plus another piece, I think that right there, it would be a great trade to make. That would be awesome. And I think that as unless you are in full rebuild mode, go ahead and try to sell Devonta Adams, but don't just fall into the trap of selling him for whatever the best offer is. If you don't get good value back and you're not in full rebuild, you know, if you are in full rebuild, there's room to just trade it for the best package of picks. But if you're not in full rebuild, I say don't be afraid to hang on to Devontae Adams. He showed us this year with quarterback play that was rough enough that the initial starter got benched for Jarrett Stidham, and now we don't know who the next quarterback's going to be. He was still amazing this year. So, you know, make sure you don't overdo it in selling. Jared, I know that your sell is quite a bit younger than Devontae Adams. Yeah, I'm selling Michael Pittman, who, you know, obviously age is not working against Pittman. I just – I wonder what the ultimate upside on Pittman is. So he, he had a really nice second NFL season in 2021 uh, finished wide receiver 18 in PPR points that season, 24.8% target share. He finished 17th among 89 qualifiers in PFF receiving grade. He was 19th among those 89 in yards per out run. Didn't really take a step forward this past season though. And even took a step back in some of these metrics. So he finished wide receiver 20, in PPR points. So he was still, you know, a useful wide receiver too, just slightly below where he finished in his sophomore NFL season, 24.6% target share. So that was basically in line with what he did in 2021, but Pittman fell to 41st among 80 wide receivers in PFF receiving grade. He was down to 46th in yards per route run. He went from 1.95 yards per route run in 2021 to 1.44 last year. Now, obviously the, the Colts passing game took a step back last season even from 2021 when it was like average but the step back might not have been as big as as you think the Colts actually threw for more yards as a team last year than they did in 2021 a higher completion rate now they had more touchdowns better yards per attempt they finished higher in football outsiders DVOA in 2021 so I'm not I'm not arguing that they didn't take a step back last year but they they, they, they certainly did but I just I didn't see that step forward for Pittman like we saw someone like CeeDee Lamb who the argument was, you know, can this guy ever be a dominant number one and kind of command that, you know, 28, 29% target share? He did. You know, Pittman didn't last year. I don't really think there's an excuse for him why he didn't, you know, command a, a bigger share of the targets, especially from what he did in 2021. So, um, again, I, I'm, I have no issue with Pittman. I think, you know, he's going to be a useful fantasy piece for the next five, six, seven seasons. 
I, I'm just not sure he has wide receiver one level upside. And I think people, some folks in your league might still see that. And especially combining the fact that he's, you know, he is still only 24 years old. Um, I, I think now's the time to, you know, potentially, you know, sell Pittman at his, at his absolute peak dynasty value. Michael Pittman Jr. is 24th in our PPR um, dynasty rankings. As I just popped up on the screen, he, he drops to 34th in half PPR. So our projections there, and I say projections, I just kind of accidentally slid it in there, but that's the difference here is we've got some projections worked into there. This is the time of year where these rankings are going to change some, but 24th in PPR shows you we don't hate Michael Pittman, but if you find somebody who loves Michael Pittman, that's where you're selling him, right, Jared? Yeah, I mean, he's wide receiver 19 in the DLF startup ADP. Now he's wide receiver 23 on keep trade cut. And again, this is where Kerms was saying the margins are pretty thin. But the nice thing about Dynasty Leagues, there's, you know, 11 other owners in your league if you're in a you know, 12-teamer. And there's probably one of those 11 guys who views Pittman, you know, closer to that wide receiver 18, wide receiver 19 level. I'd, I'd be looking to find that guy and, you know, selling to that owner. Yeah, all about value, all about market. And that's where I'm going with my guy too. And I, I've got a, a pair of... 2022 rookies here that I'm going to put together, kind of transition us over to the buy side and to just kind of look at types that I think can get, I don't know, overrated one way or the other. And, you know, you just kind of work on perception over the player himself. George Pickens is somebody that everybody is excited about, you know, quote unquote, everybody, there's nobody that everybody likes, but George Pickens, you're going to be, you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody who actually dislikes him as a player. And that's the thing here. I don't dislike George Pickens as a player. I'm just not sure he's going to turn into an absolute stud. And I think that there are plenty of other dynasty players out there who do believe that he's going to do that. There is a range of valuations on him. He's wide receiver 26 in the fantasy pros expert PPR consensus. He's wide receiver 24 in the dynasty league football staff consensus. He's wide receiver 19 in keep trade cuts, half PPR rankings that puts him ahead of Jerry Judy. It puts him ahead of Brandon Ayuk. Puts him ahead of Chris Godwin, who I think is the most egregious one on there because he's not old yet, about to turn 27. And by the way, Chris Godwin just finished wide receiver 20 in P- in points per game in half PPR, coming off an ACL tear with just three touchdowns. DJ Moore is behind George Pickens on there. Terry McLaurin. And then George Pickens is six spots ahead of Traylon Burks in keep trade cut ADP. I think that one's significant because... Both of these guys just came into the league in the same draft. Burks was a round one pick. He's on a team where he could easily be the wide receiver one heading into next season where George Pickens will need to climb over Deontay Johnson to get to that. You know, you don't want to overrate that aspect, but that's just one thing that makes it a little bit easier for Traylon Burks to climb higher. Mm -hmm. And if we look further, I'm not sure that George Pickens really earned the praise that he got fantasy wise this year at Debbie Youssef on Twitter shared earlier today, George Pickens, 14.8% targets per route before the chase Claypool trade last year, 14.1% targets per route after the trade. So he didn't see any bump with the chase Claypool move. We saw some bump in use, a slight bump when Kenny Pickett was in there, but nothing that sustained, nothing impressive. We look at Deontay Johnson over the t- same two spans, 23% targets per route before Chase Claypool left, 22.9% after Chase Claypool left. So Deontay Johnson, no matter where you look, was the top wide out in Pittsburgh last year. He's still mm-hmm. under contract through 2024. So I think there are 
limitations to how high George Pickens can climb, especially in an offense that's going to have Kenny Pickett for Mm -hmm. at least another year or two and then have Deontay Johnson there blocking. And ultimately, I'm just not sure his ceiling is really as high as a lot of people believe it is. Take it away, Herms. It's your stealer. Yeah, I know. Okay, so (laughs) Pickens is one of those players, like, I invested heavily in my rookie drafts last year, like, partially because I'm a Steelers fan, but also just because, like, the reason I really liked him is the reason that I feel like a lot of people still like him now, because the things that he's really good at are the things you can't teach a receiver to do, which is make utterly ridiculous highlight catches, twisting your body around in midair to, you know, come down with it. And like, it's cool to have that ability to do bizarre contested catch stuff, but like, that's a weirdly, it's not super sticky year to year. That's already its own issue. And then just watching the Steelers offense last year and even for the better part of 2021 one of the things that really bothered me was the fact that there was just this complete lack of short area anything like once Juju Smith-Schuster went down early a couple years ago with his shoulder injury that kind of cost him a bunch of time like Pat Fryermuth kind of filled in that role but then it sort of went away and there was like none of that last year it was either dumping it off really close to Najee or just pushing it super far downfield to some other people outside of Deontay Johnson sometimes, but we already pointed him out. So there's no point in rehashing that. But like the biggest thing they need is not necessarily a player like George Pickens to make this offense work, which is what kind of worries me about like how much can his role really grow looking at where the issues are on the offense besides the offensive line. So looking into his future, like if he just is this kind of deep field maybe he'll go off half of the time type of wide receiver like that. Like, that's fine. I'm personally okay with that. But, like, we listed the names of a bunch of players that are way more consistent, that have a little Mm -hmm. bit more versatility to them. And it's just, even as a fan, it baffles me that he's as high as he is. I defend him sometimes, but in reality, it's a little ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, he, he, he's such a fun player. Like, if you're just trying to have fun playing Dynasty football, like Pickens is a guy I want to own. I love watching him play. I love him as a prospect. He, he, he passed the eye test for me this past year. But I think as Matt alluded to, a lot of the underlying stuff we look at was – I wouldn't say it was bad. It just wasn't – it wasn't as good as his current Dynasty price tag would kind of suggest that it should have been. So Pickens was 48th among 80 qualifiers in PFF receiving grade. He was 52nd among those 80 – in yards per out run. So again, I, I think fine numbers for a rookie. I think the other things Pickens has working in his favor, he played his entire rookie season at 21 years old. He doesn't turn 22 until March. So he was a super young prospect that always, you know, gives a guy the potential to grow even further than your average rookie might. And then, you know, the target share wasn't great for Pickens, but he at least earned a full-time role in terms of snaps and routes right out of the gate. So I, 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 there's pros and cons to his rookie year to me. I don't think you can buy him though at his current price. I think he's a fine hold, but I'm also with Matt. I think that, you know, he can certainly toss him on the block. He's a guy where, you know, toss him on the block, see what kind of offers come in. I think you might be surprised at the type of offers you get for Pickens right now. Yeah. And that's, that's the point. Just to add some context, he's far from a must sell. If you drafted him, I think that so far you're getting what you were hoping. He became a starter right away. He was pretty good as a rookie and you can certainly still keep holding him. And I say, I said before that I I mentioned him both as a player, but also as a player type, because even if it's not him, you could throw a Christian Watson into a similar category where he outperformed a lot of expectations in his rookie year and can probably be sold now for more than he would have back at draft time. Jamison Williams, depending on where you look, he's wide receiver 17 
on keep trade cut. And we've mentioned that a few times. And the interesting part there is that's more crowdsourced than some of the other sources. You know, it's people going onto the site and entering their thoughts to produce the ranking. So if the public likes Jamison Williams 17th overall among wide receivers right now, and he hasn't done anything yet, and I'm not, that's not saying anything about the talent or the upside, but if he's already there, he at least comes with some crash potential. And I already mentioned the proven names that are behind that level in those rankings. So you can hang on to all of them if you want, but if you're really looking to make moves that can improve your roster, you got to at least think about valuing those guys versus how the market is valuing them. And Sky Moore to me is the other side of that. We all loved Sky Moore this time last year. Uh, whether you fell in love with him after he got drafted by the Chiefs or loved him going into that and then just you know added that as a mark in his favor after he landed in Kansas City. So David J. Gautieri on Twitter is a good dynasty follow, somebody that posts a lot of player takes. And he called Sky more recently a, quote, cautionary tale against small school production. And that's where I push back a little bit. Maybe he is, but I don't think we really know that yet. Because uh, like I said, we all loved him last year because he was an early breakout in college. He had the strong market shares. He tested well. He declared early, landed in Kansas City in the second round, went behind some other wide receivers that we thought he would go ahead of, but still the second round, still landed in a good situation. Now, the reason that people are disappointed right now is because he didn't really earn the full season role. And I guess you should put earn in air quotes because you definitely have to take situation into context there. The chiefs had just signed Juju Smith Schuster. They had just signed Marquez Marquez Valdez Scantling. So regardless of what you think about those two players, they were clearly planning to start those two veterans in the lineup. And they did all season. Whenever both of those guys were healthy, Nicole Hardman was also in his fourth season with the chiefs. So he was involved as well, injured a lot. There was a hamstring injury for Sky Moore in his initial mini camp that limited his offseason work ahead of training camp. Didn't reach 40% playing time in a game until week 11. When he did, though, he started earning targets right away. He only hit 40% playing time in five games, but he finished second on the team in targets in the first two of those games. He finished behind only Travis Kelsey and MVS in the other in another one among those five games for the year. Sky Moore was targeted on 19.8% of his routes that trailed only Travis Kelsey at 26% and Kadarius Tony at 30%. So now though, Sky Moore is in the fifties at wide receiver and most people are looking at him as at best a hold. And there are some who are like, ah, Sky Moore didn't work out. I guess we can forget about him. So I'm not saying Sky Moore is going to be a star. You don't have to buy him thinking that that's the case. You can just take a shot on him now and be like, ah, I hope he turns into something. And if it's something great, you know, then bonus, but he's still in a good situation. Juju could be gone. MVS's contract is one of those that could go either way. And he didn't earn consistent targets or production this year in his first year <laughs> with the Chiefs. Kadarius Tony arrived during the season. You could view that as a knock on Sky Moore. I think it's the Chiefs taking a shot on a guy that became available and they got for cheap. If that's the guy that we're worried about keeping Sky Moore down, I think Kadarius Tony's done a lot more in his two years to make us disbelieve in him being trustworthy and Sky Moore has so far. Yeah, Moore is interesting because he's almost the opposite of Pickens, where you know, Sky Moore actually beat George Pickens in PFF receiving grade and yards per route run this past season. He just, he just didn't get on the field, as Matt alluded to. Only ran her out on 23% of the Chiefs' pass plays for the season, 5% target share, um, which to me, that being able to get on the field is like is a signal. How strong a signal is the debate here? Um, and, that, and then you, you look at 
and, you know, we were talking about this offline, but the history of wide receivers who produced as little as Sky Moore did as a rookie, the, the history of those guys panning out to being, you know, legit fantasy factors for their careers is not good. Now, I think that's largely priced in to Moore's ADP right now. And as Matt said, I think the situation is, is still awesome. I mean, it's still Patrick Mahomes. You have Juju set to hit for agency. Hardman is set to hit for agency. Justin Watson set to hit for agency. As Matt said, the Chiefs can get out of MBS's contract if they want to. So, like, the opportunity is there for Sky Moore. If, if he's good, like, he, he's going to hit. I just think, to me, there's a bigger question now than there was 12 months ago whether he's, you know, a good NFL wide receiver. Herms, what are you doing with Sky Moore? All of this. Everything you guys have said. I mean, if we're talking about Sky Moore in the context of him – being outrageously low on all these lists and ADP and all that, then like, yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, I do have my concerns that the chiefs offense, as long as Andy Reid has been there for the most part is like hyper focused through like one or two specific skill position players, you know, from a target perspective and whatnot. Like I, so much work funneled between Travis Kelsey in the backfield this past year. And then when Tyreek Hill was there for the most part, it was basically just Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and some of the surrounding cast. It was always difficult to figure out who you could count on, but if Sky Moore's all the way down in the fifties or whatever, and he has decent draft capital and the biggest thing holding Kadarius Tony back, as we were talking about before is Kadarius Tony's body because he can never stay healthy out there enough. Like Sure. Honestly, why not? Because even if it doesn't improve a ton and he only becomes like a flexy kind of player that you plug in in that range, that's still an improvement over being in the wide receiver 50s. So it doesn't have to be a massive return on investment for it to be a, a W. So sure, absolutely. I don't see why not. Right. If Sky Moore is wide receiver 38 right now, then we'll say, man, we'll see yeah. what happens with him. But wide receiver 55, there's only upside from there. And that there is at least the small signal that when he did get on the field, he was getting targets. Yeah, which I, I want to bring this up too. Was the case on Sunday against the Bengals, you know, the injuries for Sky Moore, he ended up playing 60%. He ended up running around 60% of the pass plays, got targets, got seven of them, caught three of them for 13 yards. So, you know, it's kind of another um, underwhelming, underwhelming performance for, for Sky Moore. So, I don't know. I, the jury's definitely still out on him. Um, he's a buy low to me. I'm, I'm not, like, aggressively, like, I got to get Sky Moore this offseason. But if he's coming as cheaply as, you know, these 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 uh, ADPs and, and keep trade cuts suggest, I think he's worth a shot. And I tell you what, if we're getting down to the one-game level, I care a whole lot more that he made his way to seven targets in a playoff game than that he only produced 13 yards. I mean, there's no, there no one left, but. <laughs> Travis Kelsey is still out there. Jarek McKinnon, kind of. All right, Herms, I know you got another rookie, so what do you got for us? Yeah, so I'm going to slice this one down the middle. Uh, Jahan Dotson is kind of somebody, you know, in between a little bit there. He's a little tough to figure out. So I went directly to the Twitter streets, and I made a poll. So I got some, you know, real scientific evidence. I'm a man of science. I asked people, okay, so Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Drake London, out of the question as far as these rookie receivers go. Because those three are clearly very much ahead of their counterparts. DLF, I think, you know, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, I think, are 10th and 11th back to back. Like, either way, like, they're super high end. Drake London's just on the outside looking in at wide receiver one level value. So I asked people. Traylon Burks, George Pickens, Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson. You get to pick one of these guys for Dynasty to buy in on. And you see these results. I was a little bit surprised. Now, Traylon Burks, I mean, like he's another 
player that I also really happen to like. So you know, him being the big winner far and away, like I can kind of understand that. But we already had our conversation about George Pickens. So if you missed that, go ahead, rewind. Make sure you come back. But, you know, just throwing that out there. And then Christian Watson, look, I, I'm, I'm just going to be honest. If, if you were one of those people that adored Chase Claypool after his rookie season, you are going to love Christian Watson moving forward. <laughs> Basically the same type of situation. I don't really see how those touchdowns sustain. So Jahan Dotson being at last place with 1,450 votes at 14.6%. I'm like, why? Why? You look at what he was able to achieve this past year. Among rookies, he was fifth in PFF's receiving grading. Uh, he secured a 16.3% target share and finished second in the team in his air yard share. And I got to say, for a smaller guy, a little under six feet tall, like less than 200 pounds, he's really good at going up there and high pointing that ball and coming down with it. It's something that we saw happen a lot in the red zone earlier in the season with Carson Wentz. And then as time went along and it went over to uh, Taylor Heineke, they developed a pretty solid downfield rapport as time went along. Now, there was a window in there in which he missed time due to a hamstring injury, but he was able to secure solid production and work coming his way, missing a decent point at the time with injury, and playing with two quarterbacks who, mind you, in PFF grading, uh, Wentz was the QB 33 and Taylor Heineke PFF's QB 38 among qualified starters. So it was horrible absolutely horrible and i can already hear people through my headphones the, the viewers and the listeners being like well what about the quarterback now how much worse is sam howell genuinely going to be than what already happened i've lived in the greater washington dc area for my entire life i assume the commander's quarterback is going to be bad i <laughs> bake that into the price of every player on the commanders for the rest of time i will never I'm never going to believe they're ever going to figure it out. But Jahan Dotson was so solid compared to his peers in such a weird situation and missing so much time with injury that, like, he shouldn't be in last place in that poll by this much of a distance. I think he is somebody you should definitely go out and get. Yeah, and just to reiterate those poll numbers, it was Traylon Burks, 43%, George Pickens, Christian Watson, basically tied, and then Jahan Dotson, about seven percentage points behind them. And I agree. At the very least, he should be even with those guys. He did get drafted yeah. earlier than both of them. Our pal Sam Wagman on YouTube says he guesses that the QB situation is playing into the apprehension there. And Herms, I agree with you. For one thing, to not worry about it too much. For another, to just not count on it too much. I mean, we're talking dynasty here, so if we're going to evaluate a receiver, then we need to, I guess, either assume that the team will figure out the QB situation at some point in the life of the player's contract. Or if we want to just count that against the player, then we have to count it against him long-term and dislike him. I think that you're generally better off betting on the player. If the thing that you dislike most about him is anything surrounding. Yeah. I'm not, I don't worry about the quarterback situation at all. Um, talking dynasty, talking a young player like this, who's going to be in the league for another 10 years. Now that, that said to me, Dotson's pretty fairly priced. Um, like Herm said, had a good rookie season, just comparing Dotson to George Pickens. Dotson had a higher target share. Dotson beat Pickens in PFF receiving grade. Dotson beat Pickens in yards per out run. So again, really nice rookie season. This to me that goes back to my pre-draft evaluation on him. I, I just, I thought he was an NFL ready prospect, but I wondered about the ceiling and I just still have the same concerns. Um, again, NFL ready, he, he showed that. He, you know, I think thought he was one of the better route runners in last year's class, some of the better hands in last year's class. 
none of that's going away. That's going to be there and make him a solid fantasy asset for the next you know decade. I, I just don't know how much room for growth there is beyond that, just because, again, he was a four-year college guy. He's not going to dominate physically with his size or athleticism. So uh, to me, again, I, I just think he's pretty fairly priced. Wide receiver 27 in startup ADP, wide receiver 28 on keep trade cut. Floating around the bottom of wide receiver three territory in the Draft Sharks dynasty rankings right now, 35 in PPR, 36 in half PPR. So we'll see where things go from here. It was certainly impressive that he was taking targets away from Terry McLaurin late in the season, making me a little bit apprehensive on how I judge Terry McLaurin in my earliest best ball drafts of 2023. Jared, I think you've got somebody who is still, he's like 22 years old, even though he's been in the eight years now, right? Yeah, uh, old old man Amari Cooper, who's actually still not that old somehow. Um, yeah, so I mean, Cooper's wide receiver 33 in DLF startup ADP. He's wide receiver 32 on keep trade cut. All, all this guy does is score fantasy points. Here are his last five finishes in PPR points among wide receivers. 2018, finished 18th. 2019, he was 10th. 2020, 15th. 2021, 27th. And then last year, he finished 10th among wide receivers in PPR points. And he was awesome last year. 83.6 PFF receiving grade, second best of his career, 14th among 80 qualifying wide receivers. He was 15th among those 80 qualifying wide receivers in yards per out run. And he did it with, you know, Jacoby Brissett for two thirds of the season and then a really rusty Deshaun Watson for the final third of the season. Watson is a part of the reason I'm buying Amari Cooper and dynasty because I'm buying uh, Deshaun Watson bounce back in 2023 and beyond. Um, I'm still surprised people are so surprised that he, he sucked last year. The guy hadn't played football in, in two years. He's joining a brand new offense that he didn't even get to practice with for, you know, a lot of the off season. So um, I'm still buying Watson. So I like Amari Cooper's uh, quarterback situation. He is still signed with Cleveland for two more years and he still turns just 29 this coming June. He's not even 29 years old yet. So I'm not saying he's a guy you're going to have for another 10 years, but I think Cooper can give you another three to four seasons of like really solid wide receiver two production. And again, he's being valued in dynasty right now as like a low end wide receiver three. Yeah. Did it last year with Jacoby Brissett and then quarterback got worse. He's wide receiver 26 in PPR on the, on our dynasty rankings on draftsharks.com Now wide receiver 23 and half PPR. Really that whole Cleveland passing game is interesting in dynasty and for early 2023 drafting. We've got even two other guys from that group, not named Amari Cooper that are going to appear in our dynasty buy, sell, hold report this week. Right. Herms. Absolutely. But like, look, you know, feel whatever way you want to feel about Deshaun Watson, feel whatever way you want to feel about the Cleveland Browns. But like when they're all set and they're all practicing together and they got a full offseason, a mojo to work, you know, through things like there's a decent chance they're going to be pretty good. Not not thrilled about it as a Steelers fan. I don't want that division to become any tougher than it already is. But like now's the time to buy in if you haven't already. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Dynasty Trade Desk series. We will be back here Thursday to talk tight ends, everybody's favorite dynasty position. You can find previous episodes now on DraftSharks.com or wherever you like to get your podcasts. While you're on those pod listening services, we'd love to get your feedback, whether that's a like, a follow, a subscription, a review, whatever works for you, whatever site you're on, any little bit helps us. And we appreciate you tuning in to these and other shows. For Smola, Herms, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shouse saying thanks so much for swimming with us.